Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julia Spurs Moving Markets podcast. It's Tuesday, the 7th of November, and my name is Helen Freer. On today's show, I'll be talking about all the latest market news with Bernadette and Derko. And I'm also joined this morning by Manuel Villegas, and I'll be asking him for his latest thoughts on digital assets. But let's start with a roundup of the latest market news. Good morning, Bernadette. Good morning, Helen. So why don't we kick off with what happened in European stock markets yesterday? Yes, well, uh, I'm afraid with the exception of the FTSE 100, the main European stock markets closed marginally lower yesterday. Um, the real estate sector seemed to run out of steam and uh, Ryanair jumped, however, following a forecast for a record annual profit. Um, just as an idea, the pan-European stock 600 index closed 0.2% lower after jumping more than 3% last week. Okay. Uh, what about US stock markets? What did we see there yesterday? Yeah, US stocks slowed slightly higher yesterday, um, as investors seem to be awaiting guidance from a host of Federal Reserve policymakers later this week um, to determine what the central bank's policy path is going to be. There's also a large amount of bond supply due out uh, in the markets this week too, Helen. Um, the tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite saw its seventh straight positive session for the first time since January. Um, both the S&P 500 and the 30-stock Dow were higher for the sixth straight session. That's an occurrence not seen since mid-year. And what about treasuries yesterday? What happened there? Yeah, treasuries steadied after yields rose across the curve on Monday. Ten-year uh, yields jumped eight basis points yesterday as sentiment was dented by a, a, a heavy slate of corporate debt sales. And traders ready for a series of these auctions that are starting today, as I mentioned. And the dollar gained against all of its group of 10 peers. I also saw news about a big bankruptcy filing from WeWork. Do you have a few more details on this? Yes. Um, for those who don't know, the the uh, WeWork firm is a US office sharing company. Uh, they filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection in a federal court yesterday. Uh, the company was valued at $47 billion in 2019. It did try to go public but failed five years ago. And it's now valued at just around $45 million. Um, the bankruptcy filing is limited to WeWork's locations in the US and Canada. And the company reported liabilities ranging from between 10 to $50 billion, according to the bankruptcy filing. OK, let's move across to Asia Pacific now. I see Australia has been in the headlines overnight. Yes, it has. Uh, the Australian Central Bank ended its sequence of four meetings where it left rates on hold by increasing its key rate overnight. Uh, the officials said that they've seen an increased risk that inflation will stay higher for longer. And they added that they'll uh, consider data and risks to determine if further tightening is needed. So Australia's S&P ASX 200 traded just shy of 0.5% lower after the announcement. And the currency also traded lower on the back of the bank, signalling a higher hurdle to further tightening. And what about China? We had export data out there this morning, didn't we? We did, Helen. Um, and it's worth pointing out to start with that overall China's exports have fallen on a year-on-year -year basis every month this year, um, starting in May. The last positive print for imports on a year-on-year -year basis was in September last year. So yes, this morning China reported worse than expected drop in exports in October, while imports surprisingly rose uh, from the month from a year ago. So the Chinese Customs Agency said exports in US dollar terms fell by 6.4% in October from a year ago. That's worse than the 3.3% drop expected by analysts. Imports, on the other hand, rose by 3% in US dollar terms in October. And that's certainly in contrast to the forecast for a 4.8% drop from a year ago. Okay, so how have markets been in Asia overnight? Have they followed the US higher? 
Unfortunately not, Helen. Um, I think South Korea's KOSPI is the one that suffered the most. It was off 3% at one point during their trading session. Uh, the main Japanese indices are all off over 1%. And of course, the Chinese data hasn't much helped their stocks. Okay. And news-wise, anything significant to comment on there? Yes, I mentioned at the beginning that we're expecting uh, lots of announcement from Fed representatives this week. And something that may have further added to this uh, muted markets yesterday is that the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis president, Neil Kashkari, said that it's too soon to declare victory over inflation, despite these positive signs that price pressures are easing. To quote him, he said, uh, we need to let the data keep coming to us to see if we really have got the inflation genie back in the bottle, so to speak. And added to this, uh, the Federal Reserve announced that US banks broadly reported tight lending standards and weak demands for loans in the third quarter, although both measures improved somewhat compared with the prior three-month period. And what about in terms of the earnings season? What's the latest news there? Well, the big news there today is that uh, UBS announced its Q3 results already today. The headline there being it suffered a bigger than expected third quarter net loss of $785 million as it works to integrate uh, Credit Suisse. Uh, expectations there had been for a record quarterly net loss of $444 million. And looking ahead to today then, what should we be looking out for? Um, in economic developments, we've got a report on the US trade deficit expected today and elsewhere quarterly results from Disney, Wynn Resorts and Occidental Petroleum due out uh, today and this week, uh, along with many other earnings. <laughs> and futures this morning, what are they looking like? Well, a quick look at the futures boards tells me that the markets are set to open a little lower today, Helen. So um, good luck out there for everyone. That's it from me. Very good. Thank you, Bernadette, for the roundup this morning. Thanks for having me on, Helen. Now, Manuel, let's move over to you now. Good morning, firstly. Good morning, Helen. So let's talk about Bitcoin first. Bitcoin prices have stabilised around $35,000. Are there any fundamentals driving this valuation, do you think? Indeed. Not only Bitcoin prices have stabilised around the mark you said, but also volumes have improved. And so have volumes for other of the uh, alternative coins, including Ethereum. So it's It's been quite favorable on a top-down perspective. The favorable job reports from last week had a very strong impact on digital assets as well as the decision from the Federal Open Market Committee not to hike any further. So we see how Bitcoin and other digital assets have performed well when, when you have evidence that uh, rate hikes have peaked and when you have increasing liquidity. And for that part, Bitcoin has become crypto's risk of asset. It is crypto's store of value. And the market dominance this year changed from around 40% to 55% within crypto. So Bitcoin's capacity to act as money in developed economies is likely currently limited to the proposition of it as a store of value. As there is little evidence of its use as a unit of account, and there are minimal volumes in terms of payments. In developing countries, however, we see how domestic currencies are under pressure very often, and Bitcoin serves as a better payment mechanism than the status quo in many cases, as well as a store of value that hedges better than these domestic currencies. So that's interesting to take a look at. On, a, on another note, if we, if we are looking at the fundamentals on a bottom-up perspective, we see market death. Market death is quite bad, as we've been saying for the past couple of months. 
And the outcome is seen with the high spreads in the order books, with the high slippage in the, in, in the trading and execution, and with the sharp moves that have triggered hundreds of millions in liquidations. The important thing is that this is not only in the centralized side, also in the decentralized side, we see liquidity being concentrated within a particular range around the current prices that looks actually quite tight. What happens is that if there's any sharp move on a decentralized exchange, um, the liquidity pooling users won't provide liquidity outside of the range. So on a bottom-up perspective, we also have the ETFs. ETFs have cemented their proposition because people are seeing Bitcoin as a store of value. And that is the only reason why people would access uh, ETFs and hold ETFs in a portfolio context. It lowers the educational barriers. It increases the ease of access for multiple retail players and institutional players. And yeah, it's, it could potentially trigger a supply squeeze due to the funding of these open-ended funds in the future. So that's uh, coming up next. Let's see what happens in terms of regulation. It's looking quite favorable. Other than that, we also have the halving incoming on the 1st of May next year. It's an expected date. It's not uh, a certain one. And we see this supply growth deceleration and the increased miner profitability we've seen this year amid the higher prices would lead the miners to lower selling incentives. So all of these factors are painting quite a good picture. And with that, we've seen volumes increasing, not only spot volumes, but also we've seen increases in open interest. We've seen a huge inflows to the crypto ETPs out there in Europe and in the U.S., so, so let's see what happens. Transaction counts and network activity has also risen quite a lot. Okay, so overall then, what should investors expect over the next few months? So investors should expect a decision on the ETFs as soon as possible. The latest would be on the 10th of January, but we are of the opinion that it might come across before. If uh, interest remains as it is, and if we see a shift uh, on macroeconomic terms towards, uh, you know, we have the higher for longer rates, but we see an improving macroeconomic picture. We might also see alternative coins and Ethereum picking up as well, as we've had over the weekend with Ethereum spot up 4%, as well as Ethereum, Ethereum's largest volumes since May. So with that, yeah, the, the, the picture is looking better. So let's see what happens. Okay, thanks very much, Manuel. Good to get an update from you this morning. Thank you, Helen. And that is all for today. Thank you again to my guests this morning and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We would love to hear your feedback. And do join us again tomorrow when Bernadette Anderka will be your host and she'll be speaking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great day, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. 
We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.